Brian, I was told that the Libertarian Party of Colorado handed everything over to the GOP. Then why is there a Libertarian running against Lauren Boebert? Yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Cardio Miracle Studios. You want to improve your heart health with a delicious nutritional supplement with 52 natural ingredients. We'll stick around. We're going to talk about that later. But first, we're going to go ahead and address the elephant or porcupine in the room back in when was it? It was uh, episode 739, June 2023. I had the LP of Colorado's uh, communications director, Jordan Marinovich, here on the show talking about a truly historic agreement where the Libertarian Party and the GOP of Colorado came to an agreement. That agreement, the LP would not run any candidates against GOPers so long as those GOPers were actually willing to sign on the line with LP, Libertarian, ideas and values. Well, that was, I was told by my betters in the Libertarian movement, <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink, that this was the end of the Libertarian Party. How dare the Libertarian Party abandon their values in the name of pragmatic political action? What? And I was told that, well, this just means that they're giving away the farm. And yet, I look at the news today, and I'm reading that Lauren Boebert is now drawing a libertarian challenger in her congressional district there, the third district in Colorado. How'd that happen? So I guess we should go ahead and, and get to the source, and that is with one James Wiley, who is running against Lauren Boebert as said libertarian. James, welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be able to, to share this message and explain the situation. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to it because I, I was told, I was, let me just rephrase that, I was uh, ridiculed. I was lambasted by some of the the betters with the big L next to their name, um, mostly from yesteryear, that this is just another example of the takeover destroying the Libertarian Party because they don't want to have any values or principles. They just want to turn things over to the GOP. And yet, James, here you sit, the uh, announced candidate for the Libertarian Party against Lauren Boebert, who won her last election in 2022 by, like, what, uh, three votes and a vape that she stole from the Beetlejuice uh, event that she was at? Ah, that's too mean. But talk to us, James. Like, what are you doing here? Why Why are you running for office? What did Lauren and the GOPers do that ended up, I guess, leaving some, uh, some not-so-good faith that you decide to toss your hat in the ring? I'll talk about the personal elements, and then I, I want to get into the pact and really explain how the pact is to our benefit, not not just engaging with the GOP, but actually giving us dominion over the GOP, giving us control over what they're doing. But but Lauren, Lauren and I go back a long time. She probably doesn't know who I am until just recently, but uh, I've, I've got quite a bit of history with her um, ever since she first appeared here in Pueblo, Colorado with the Republican Party for a meeting. Longtime libertarian, but I attended that meeting to, to see what she had to say. Turns out... I wasn't quite satisfied then, and I'm still not quite satisfied now. In fact, my lack of satisfaction has grown and grown and grown to the point where even last year, with, with this race that was decided by three votes and a vape, or 542 votes, uh, in there between 42 and 46, we're not exactly sure because it was counted by Dominion voting machines, which don't really do anything for us anyways. So the, the idea behind, I n never voted 
in that race last year between Adam Frisch and Lauren Boebert. I didn't decide. I left that one blank because of how disgusted I was with her particularly. Even though she claims to represent the values of freedom, the values of liberty, it is a part of the Libertarian Caucus in D.C., still not quite satisfying. And the reason is because she says one thing, she does another thing. And that's been the demonstration that we've seen from her over the last several years. And obviously, the, the Beetlejuice element just takes it to a whole nother level, where this is somebody who, who grassroots campaigners, even in Pueblo, Colorado, all across her district, have sacrificed hundreds and, and even thousands of hours of their own time volunteering for her campaign, donated to her campaign, helped to upset what was thought of to be an establishment person and bring in an outsider. And yet those people have been disappointed. And that really is what motivated me to act last year, uh, coming from last year into this year, was my experience with her refusing to support grassroots Republicans. Now, and I'm not a Republican, but I aligned myself in certain projects last year with the Republican Party concerning election integrity with Colorado recounts that we did, formerly coloradorecount.com, still available on the Wayback Machine if, if you want to take a look at some of those details. But th this problem really grew out of that and her lack of desire to participate in that, to give the grassroots Republican of Republicans a voice and to really support them when they had supported her so much. And so uh, coming out of that situation, I was disenfranchised with her. I didn't vote for her. And now um, I'm much more upset specifically about the pact. And that's what motivated me to, to actually jump into this. Uh, a Boebert spokesperson says, we'll put Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's unwavering record of pro-liberty, pro-freedom votes up against anyone in the district or entire country, said Drew Saxton, uh, Bobert's campaign manager. She's proud to have been recognized by local and national groups for her commitment to freedom, which is why third district voters have and will continue to send her to Congress to fight for those liberties. James, I mean, it sounds great, right? So let's Talk about, though, where you disagree with Drew Saxton, uh, Bobert's campaign manager. You're saying, uh, no, she's not been pro-liberty. She has not been pro-freedom. Where where are you seeing that to be the uh, the evidence that you're bringing forward to the voters? She demonstrated it with her refusal to sign the pledge. The, the pledge was a great opportunity for her to secure her race, to make sure that nobody would challenge her from the Libertarian Party, and all she would have to do is go up against... Adam Frisch, do a better job than she did last time, put more work in, stay away from Beetlejuice, things like that, and she would be fine this next election cycle. She would win her third term and probably go on to be a 30-year congressperson. But that is not going to happen because she refused to sign the pledge. She refused to align herself with the libertarian values, which she identified with when she ran for Congress. She said, I'm I'm the freedom candidate. I'm, I'm the liberty candidate. I'm running for Congress on that. I'm doing it a part of the Republican Party because I have to. But she didn't have to. I don't have to. And now the Libertarian Party can stop them and, and hold them accountable. She refused to abide by those values of the pledge of the Libertarian Party. And uh, in addition to that, it's, it's her voting record. It's her lack of actual accountability within Congress. You see Meadows, you see Gates, you see um, Massey, you see a lot of these talented congressmen with vitriol holding accountable our government officials subpoenaing them, bringing them to hearings. I've never seen that from Lauren, or at least she's never gone viral for her because one of two reasons. She's either not intelligent enough to actually interrogate somebody, 
or she lacks the will. She doesn't care enough to actually hold the government accountable, other than when she's speaking in front of a teleprompter. That's the only time she really expresses her, her interest in liberty. It's not when she takes action. It's not when she's in Congress. It's not when she's interrogating or not interrogating. That's the case, maybe corrupt members of our government. I So I remember seeing Lauren on TV, and I was like, okay, we have an attractive lady who's running as a libertarian, very, very small L, libertarian-ish um, Republican candidate. Let's let's see what she can do. And I'm not impressed, right? Like, I, I, I think there's a lot of other folks out there who they, they too are just like, yep, okay, just another person who decided to run for office with a, a R or a D next to her name. Uh, you know, made some some nice promises to certain groups of voters, and you know, she she ran that all the way to the, to Washington, and you can only keep up the facade for so long until the voters realize, because like you 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 actually have to go and do your job at that point, or actually put a vote behind your words, and she's not doing that, um, or at the very least, she doesn't seem to have, to your point, the. Um, whether it's the wherewithal or, dare I say, the intelligentsia to go into these conversations. And that must be concerning for, for some voters in the 3rd District there in Colorado. So uh, I know last election she won by, what, 546 votes, I think it was. So obviously a, a libertarian entering into the race, I'm sure, raises all the red flags for the GOP establishment saying, well, there goes that seat. Uh, what do we do now? Uh, how do we how do we try to to get any type of solace from this? So, I guess what's the the Republican response been to you entering the race there, James? This has been our aspect of the enforcement of the the pact, mm. and their their response to it is, oh wait, this is real life. I don't think they actually realized when they began negotiating with this pact and considering the benefits it would bring to them that it is two sided. That if they don't sign. We also are obliged to run a candidate, and that, that's the case with Lauren because she came out so publicly and defamed our values, trampled on them, dismissed them, claimed them to be unworthy of her. That that's a that's another level. <laughs> it's more than just ignoring the pact. She 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 uh, she invoked it and she brought me into the into the fight because of that. So the the, the pact was, uh, in case anybody hasn't seen this specifically, that the libertarians would not run a candidate in a district. Or, or a, a race where the Republicans have a candidate who has signed the, the pledge. And uh, I'm, I'm not supposed to be leaking anything, uh, but we do have uh, early confirmation, really, that they're starting to play ball. And it, it'll be exciting. Uh, names will be coming out soon here. I don't want to jump the gun, but they're starting to play ball. They're starting to, to realize that we're serious about this. This is a two-sided pack. They don't just get the benefit. We get the benefit as well. And we're going to be running the show from now on. Just because they're the larger party doesn't mean they get to de determine what values candidates are going to be elected from. That's the people who determine that. And if the larger parties are not representing the people appropriately, the Libertarian Party will represent the people and will hold the GOP accountable to aligning themselves with those proper values. And if they fail, they will be replaced. And I'm actually more looking forward to that. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about those those values and specifically the the main pain points that you've identified and are running for office on. But first, James, before we do that, we gotta go ahead and pay the bills, which means we're gonna go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor, and that is Cardio Miracle. Now, folks, you've heard me say it many times here on the show. Yes. 
four months in, the cardio miracle difference for yours truly is, in fact, real. So if you are ready to supercharge your heart health like yours truly here and your energy levels, then look no further than Cardio Miracle because this unique natural supplement contains a special blend, 52 of them actually, of ingredients that work to increase nitric oxide levels in your system. Oh, but Brian, why is that important? Well, here's why that's important. You asked, I heard you, because nitric oxide is vital for promoting healthy circulation and protecting your heart health. So higher nitric oxide levels, they help relax and open up your blood vessels. That leads to improved blood flow, lower blood pressure, better sexual health, hear that, gents, and reduced inflammation. And across the board, the benefits are clear. Enhanced delivery of oxygen and nutrients throughout your body, meaning more energy, less fatigue, optimal heart health function, and better sleep. And also, by the way, if you want to uh, go ahead and take part in feeling refreshed every single day, being powered by nitric oxide, you can experience the Cardio Miracle difference for yourself. Visit CardioMiracle.com today. Use code TBNS, The Brian Nichols Show, to get 15% off your order, which means you would join the thousands of others who are on the path to improved heart health and increased energy. One more time, cardiomiracle.com. Use code TBNS. Your heart will thank you. And oh, by the way, did I mention there is literally nothing to lose because there is a 100% money back guarantee. So start your Cardio Miracle adventure today. The finest heart and health supplement in the world. 52 ingredients, all in one drink, cardiomiracle.com, code word TBNS at checkout. All right, James, let's get to talking about principles, about a platform. Why are you running for office? I know you. we were talking beforehand. You identified three pain points, three Ps. Talk to us about what those pain points are. Ultimately, I want to demolish the federal government, but on my way to getting there, there's some things that we need to take care of. The first is the elections. We need to ensure that our elections are, are safeguarded, that we have integrity in our elections, that we have paper ballots that are hand counted on the same day with ID verification. That's important. If we don't have that, nothing else matters. And uh, they've found methods to cheat the elections in 50-50 races. That's why we need a third party upset. Otherwise, they're going to be able to continue cheating and selecting who they want in the elections. That's the first element. The second element that we need to resolve before we can move forward, before we can heal, is COVID. We need to have Nuremberg 2.0. We need to review the crimes against humanity, committed not just on a national, but on a global scale. Bring these people to account and lock them up. I like uh, Josh Smith. He has the Guantanamo Bay concept, and I agree with that. As a libertarian, I'm against capital punishment. I think it's much more painful to send jail forever. So let's let's do that f- for the people who have terrorized our country over the last three years. Um, the last thing, and this is the most important, we need to save the children. And this is a message that not even Republicans are willing to address, but our children, the most pure and the most innocent among us, are being exploited, are being taken advantage of, are being trafficked, are being sold into the sex slave. And this is happening not just at our border, there in particular. This is happening across the entire United States. The cartel does not just consider the border to be their territory or what's across the border to be their territory. They consider the large portion of the United States to be their territory. And as a cartel is, it's a, or, it's a combination of organized criminal, criminal, criminals. 
So we've got local cartel mafia, gangsters, all coordinating with each other and with the larger international criminal organizations, such as the Sinaloa cartel, such as the CCP, and such as, and I'll say it, the Latter-day Saints Mormon Church, such as the Catholic Church. Now, I'm not accusing any individual within those organizations of any misdeeds, but I am saying as an organized whole, there is corruption taking place that is coordinated with the government that we need to root out because the victims of this corruption are again the most innocent among us who are being trafficked who do not have a voice for themselves who cannot fight for themselves they need us to fight for them so that's that's my platform that's the first things that i'm going to do when i get to congress so i'm going to take care of the elections i'm going to take care of covid and go back and right those wrongs and i'm going to fight to save our children and of course uh, epstein did not kill himself so that needs to be investigated <laughs> Oh, man, be careful what you say, because you'll be in Congress and they'll be going after you, um, which, you know what, James, I, frankly, like we need more people who are willing to, to put their, I, I guess, not just their their names and their reputations, but much like our founding fathers. And, our, you know, that that was the 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 calling card was like, we know that this this could go bad, really bad. And and uh, yeah, with that, we, we got to kind of take the consequences with that, too. Now, I'm not saying that you're on a, a short list, but like my man, when you when you have uh, the, the GOP uh, congresswoman Lauren Boebert, who just won her seat by 500 plus votes. And all of a sudden, here comes uh, Mr. Third Party to disrupt our elections. How dare you? And I mean, I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there in Colorado who they're a little peeved. And you know what? Like. This is where we are, frankly, as a society, as a country, like we have an obligation to stand up and, and speak out like when when things are wrong, nothing will get fixed if we all just pretend that it's not wrong. This this is what really bothers me. I guess this will be my final thoughts, too, by the way, James, um, like this is what really bothered me about the Northeast is that there is this collective Stockholm syndrome of folks who are just like, well, this is how things are. Like you're in Philadelphia. It's like, oh, you might get shot from gang violence because it's been increasing exponentially over the past few years. Uh, are you privileged? That's how things are in big cities. Um, no, that's not how things ever should be anywhere. And the fact that that's like your rationalization to excuse away this is why we are where we are because and this is to you, not you, James, but to you, Mr. Like White Knight, mealy mouth liberal out there who who just goes along to get along and doesn't really you know stand up for anything that's even outside of the like what three by five uh, card of allowable opinion. And and that is, you you can't white knight yourself to the graveyard, right? Like if you you can, good luck. But like at that point, we're just gonna be whistling right, right past it because the Northeast is indicative of where the rest of the country is heading. And and you know it's not just the 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 white mealy mouth liberal guy out there out there or, or you know the the white mealy mouth liberal lady out there. It's also the folks who are more in the the the, the middle of America who are completely tuned out from how bad things have gotten in these big blue cities. I heard a, a very you know very renowned libertarian podcaster, a good personal friend of mine as well, um who was saying how they lived in the Midwest during COVID and they were just like I don't like, what are these people freaking out about in these these uh, big blue cities? I live in Philadelphia when COVID hit. You're, you're damn right I was loud. You're damn right I was upset because I was watching firsthand what was happening. And it just, I think for some people, it just doesn't sound like it's real life. So I say all of that. I know that I kind of bounced like four different places there, James. But the the kind of pulling it all together is that this is why 
we're doing this conversation and frankly why we in the greater liberty movement have an obligation to to speak out even though it makes us feel hyper uncomfortable in some circumstances or very unpopular because when people go along to get along excuse and rationalize away terrible behavior it only incentivizes and encourages more of that negative behavior it's like you know the kid who keeps on you know the don't touch him and he touches a little bit more and just a little bit more and all of a sudden those little touches turn to punches and and now all of a sudden you have a fist fight on your hands right that's where the the left has gotten and, and more of these progressives have gotten in these big blue cities things have gotten really really bad and and yet there doesn't really seem to be much reaction now you're starting to see some mayor or some uh, some mayors like eric adams in new york city or governors like kathy Hochul in new york who are saying maybe we should have a conversation about immigration because oh we can't just keep talking about our our you know our higher than uh, than than thou mentality of how immigration should be. Now we're dealing with reality, and I think right there it's reality, James. That's where we as libertarians, uh, big L, little L, however you want to identify yourself, but we have an obligation not just to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about in that real life, in reality, but also our solutions have to be based and grounded. In reality, that's my final thoughts, which I know there were quite a few there. But James, floor is yours. What do you have for us for your final thoughts? And of course, where can folks go ahead, uh, support the campaign and learn more? Yeah, I feel like we have a key opportunity here, and that's to ser serve to the people, everybody listening, everybody in America, the truth and the reality that a libertarian paradise can and will exist. It's inevitable and it's happening. It's happening one person at a time who comes to understand the message of freedom, the message of sovereignty, the message of personal responsibility, everything that's involved in liberty. It's not, not all sweet. There, there's some sour to it, but it's real. Liberty is real. We can have it. Your life can be free. You live in tyranny now. That doesn't have to be the way forever. I want to share that message with people. I want them to understand that libertarianism, light or less government is, isn't the way we're going to go. We're, we're going to go hard. We're going to go no government. We're going to eliminate the entire thing. We're going to free the people. And th this needs to be what people start to accept, not not just that oh, I'd like less oppression. I'd like to be less of a slave, please, please, less taxation, zero or nothing. And nothing is acceptable zero as well for the tax level. So w w that's the direction we're headed. We're not slowing down. We're not taking breaks. We're pushing hard. We're overthrowing the GOP. We're eliminating that party entirely. I'm leaving the Democrats alone. They're too brainwashed. Um, I would appreciate everybody's support otherwise. And uh, you can find me at wileyforvengeance.com. That's W-I-L-E-Y number four, vengeance, V-E-N-G-E-A-N-C-E.com, wileyforvengeance.com. And we're going to be recruiting a bunch of volunteers, raising a bunch of money, really shaking up things here in Colorado. And we've, we've already got one person to sign the pledge. We've already got Lauren Boebert being challenged by me. We're, we're taking on the GOP. They're going to be eliminated out of the state within a couple of months here and uh, out of the country within a couple of years. James Wiley, thank you for joining us. Folks, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you know the drill. Go ahead, give it a share. When you do, tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty. Now, where can you go ahead and find the show? We are available on multiple different mediums. If you're looking for the video content, we are on YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, and Ben Swan's Sovereign, S-O-V 
R-E-N, which by the way, if you are joining us over on Sovereign, well, congratulations. You are seeing today's episode before anybody else. That's your Sovereign exclusive. But yes, we are uploading our entire episodes over on Twitter, x.com. And also, if you are looking for the more traditional mediums uh, like Rumble or YouTube, uh, go there, hit that subscribe button, hit that little notification bell so you miss a single time we go live. Also, hit the like button that helps us reach more people through the algos and head to the comments. Let us know what are your thoughts about James running against Lauren Boeber. Is is that the right move for the libertarians? Is it the wrong move? Let us know. Start the conversation down below. Uh, Also, for the podcast version of the show, YouTube Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast, you can find The Brian Nichols Show. Just do yourself a favor. Hit download all unplayed episodes. We have over 770 episodes here of the program where we're talking about not just how to sell our ideas to your average person, but many conversations like this with folks who are running for office, talking about why they're running for office, what their values are, and how they approach their campaign. So, Go to the archives. Lots of great stuff there. Other than that, that's all we really have for you. Folks, if you are going to stick around and check out today's uh, follow-up episode over on the YouTubes, well, stick around right about here. That video should be popping up. I sat down with Joe Lombardi here earlier this week. Great conversation about the, uh, the impending economic downturn, economic collapse, whatever you want to call it. But how do you help prepare yourself, your family for all those big question marks you want to go ahead and learn the answer, well, make sure you click right here. Otherwise, head to briannicholshow.com where you can find today's episode, that episode, plus all 770 other episodes of the program. James, any last words for us today? Yep. Follow me on Twitter if you like trolls. Uh, my Twitter t- tag is on screen at reddevil89. That's Red Devil spelt with three Ds. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Brian. I, I really appreciate chatting with you. 3Ds. There's a Lauren Bober joke there somewhere, but I'm going to just leave it alone. So with that being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for James Wiley. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.